Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I am your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 64 with my friend, Nicole. You know, in talking to Nicole, I realized that I only knew her for literally two years um, in high school, and we didn't like hang out. Uh, We didn't really have like the same friend group. It was so I don't know how I stayed connected to her, uh, but I'm so glad I did. She is just such a nice person and gives me, I think, one of the best compliments I've ever had in my life. Um, and and I, I got to take that uh, and use it as a gratitude practice later that same night. I was very, very uh, humbled. So thank you guys for tuning in and please enjoy this interview with Nicole. Hi! How are you? Yay! I haven't seen you in so long. I know. It's been, I was trying to think how long it's been. It's been 22 years. Yeah. That's crazy. Makes you, wait. Makes me feel old. 22 years since what? Since I had class with you in 10th grade. It's probably, wait a second. Maybe 21 if I saw you in 11th, but yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I'll get into this eventually because I was like, wait a second. Did you, didn't you work at, uh, like Clarkston Medical for a stint. I did. Okay. I did. Yeah, I think. Did I, I see you it. there too? Yeah, okay. I saw you there because you worked there at the same time when Annette was still there, uh, old lady Annette. Uh, yes. And she was my neighbor's, well, my old neighbor's mother, um, and so I knew her, and I'd always see her when I went in there for whatever. Anyway. <laughs> You know what's really weird, and we might not want to talk about this on the thing because I don't know who's going to hear this. But Annette used to be my ex mother, and she was my ex mother in law. Oh my god! Wait a minute. <laughs> yes. So can we branch off for a second? Okay. Well, yeah. hold on. Let me let me do my my little intro shtick. Uh, yeah, but I, I I don't know how familiar or if at all you are with the podcast, but um, I my first one. Ooh, first time. Uh, I usually start out with how I know people and yeah. I know you from high school. Did we go to middle school together? No, no. I was okay. only at Clarkson for 10th and 11th grade. Oh, interesting. I'm ex- I'm yeah. going to find out so many things. Yeah. Cause I, so I don't, I don't know much about you. I know you, yeah. uh, we're always into dance to some degree. Um, yes. And then we had, do you remember what class we had together in 10th grade? We had Miss Walker's science class together. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I yes. uh, was not academically all there in high school. <laughs> um, I do remember Miss Walker, though. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and so I'm excited to find out pretty much everything that I can because yeah. I, I don't know anything. And yeah, I like to start as far back as possible. But um, do you have any siblings? I have four half brothers, but they're all older and there's a 20 year age difference between me and the youngest one. So, um, they're all at a house and even son had their own kids by the time I was born. So I was born an aunt by like three. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, So were you the product of a remarriage? I was, I was. So my mom had four boys and I was my dad's only biological child. Gotcha. And yeah. And they've. Um, what what were your mom and dad doing when you were born, like for work and or whatnot? My mom worked at General Motors. She was a foreman, and my dad was a postal worker for um, man since he was a since he returned from the war from um, Vietnam. So in his early twenties, oh, wow, yeah. I'd say. So yeah. 
And they were, the way they, they met was actually kind of crazy, literally maybe. Um, so they were, um, they were admitted to a psych ward nice. and that's how, that's how they met. My mom was there for, she won't mind. She tells the story like crazy. She was there for depression. And my dad was, I don't know what he was doing, but he was driving around with driving around aimlessly. So when they met, my dad fell instantly in love with my mom. And um, my mom was not quite as mutual. So he ended up having a brain aneurysm while he was there. And he had to go for immediate surgery. And he said, if I make it through this, will you marry me? And she's like, yeah, I'll marry you. Because she didn't think he was going to make it through it. And he wanted to grant this man his dying wish. So they made it through. And he made it through. And and, on their wedding pictures, he actually had like a bandage on his head from where they had to do the surgery. So. That's, yeah, that is a crazy story. Is so it a you, crazy story? So your mom had three grown kids and a marriage, and which I'm guessing was then a divorce, and she was depressed yeah. and and went to uh, the psych ward. Literally, wow. literally. But and obviously, you would think that that marriage would never work, right? I mean, but, not um, necessarily. I I find myself more attracted to damaged people because I have my own damages. So, right, yeah. right. But they were married for twenty five years until he passed. Wow. So, yeah, that was like her soulmate for sure. So that's crazy. But, um, that's awesome though. So, but you ended up growing up then as an only child, essentially in the house. Essentially, yeah. yeah. I always said I had the benefits of having four older brothers, but also yeah. the benefit of being an only child. So and I was were... spoiled sweet. So I say. <laughs> <laughs> and you were born in Michigan? Like you grew yes. up in Michigan? Okay. Yeah, I've been here since birth. Oh, uh, Michigander. <laughs> so what's what's childhood like for you, growing up by yourself with uh, some super older brothers? <laughs> yeah, um, it was very, again, I was spoiled sweet, I, I would say. We didn't have a lot of cash. We didn't yeah. have a lot of money. But I never felt like I was, like I was missing out on anything. Yeah. So um, I was... Um, growing up as a kid, I don't really remember too many details, but my mom did pull me out of school in uh, second grade. So I was homeschooled from second grade to ninth grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Which was very, very interesting. I all of a sudden have a billion more questions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was interesting. I had to do video for like second through fifth grade. I probably did academic like books, like grade school books, but from there we did video school. So every quarter, my, my lessons would come on an actual VHS cassette and I would pop it in the VCR and basically teach myself listening to some old guy on the other side of the screen of a TV set. So, so do you know what the circumstances were that you got pulled into homeschool instead? I do. I do. So in second grade, I went to a very small school, very, very tiny. So first, second and third grade were all in one room and I was extremely bored and I was trying to do third grade work. So my mom asked if I could be not knowing how the system really works. She asked if I could be moved up to third grade. And when they said no, she's like, fine, I'll take her out myself. I'll teach her at home. So I got pulled out in the middle of a year and And there you go. Started my homeschooling. Yeah. What did that do to you socially at that age? One good thing, one of the things I loved about being homeschooled, because I didn't mind it, um, I actually kind of enjoyed it, is that it allowed me to go dance. I was able to take adult classes, take classes in the daytime, which, because I started loving dance when, I mean, I've been dancing since I was three, Um, but I (laughs) started avidly pursuing it around the age of 11, 
turning okay. 12. So I would take class five to six days a week. So I got to see a lot of people in class. And I was also part of a homeschool group. So we did like the classic homeschool group, 4-H yeah. fairs, all that good stuff. <laughs> so um, so I did get to see a lot of people. We did a lot of field trips and things like that. So That's interesting. Uh, and yeah. d- did you feel like you lost anything when it was just like a VHS tape at one point? No, because I really, I, I really didn't care. This is so bad to say, but at that age, I wanted to be a dancer. School could mean less to me. Like I just, I wanted to dance. Yeah. That was going to be my career. I just knew it. Little did I know, I'm too short to be a dancer. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Um, but at that time, I didn't feel like I was missing out. It is actually a very busy, very busy lifestyle. Um, yeah. I've. I was able to cram like a full day worth of school into four hours, which allowed me to do a lot of other things. Well, that's so, nice. um, yeah. I am curious though, because you you said you went back to school after ninth it grade. It did. Um, yeah. So, most people I talk to, and I, I project a lot of this because it's in my own shit, but like it seemed <laughs> like sixth grade for me. I went to I went to Havenwick. Um, I went. Oh, okay. Uh, I got sexually abused i got like oh. it was just a bad uh middle school in general bad time yeah and most people i talk to like middle school is not great right like for a yeah. number of developmental reasons and then you add in like uh mean girls and trying to figure out what the hell is happening with your body and and just uh yeah. <laughs> so being separated from that uh that that social environment of like your typical school what were those years like for you like did you experience any of that kind of relatable stuff or did you have your own kind of trauma on your end or, or what did that yeah. look like yeah so um in ninth, eighth grade going into ninth being a dancer we're always in front of a mirror yeah. and so i had quite i ended up getting a pretty heavy eating disorder and um, my mom and dad both had to go back to my, my dad was always working. Yeah. I mean, as a post office, so he was at home. But my mom, um, she was a Mary Kay consultant, but she also had to go pick up another job to go take care of my dance lessons to okay. pay for those. So I ended up being alone a lot and a lot with my own thoughts and a lot with. <laughs> right. So yeah. even though I didn't necessarily have people picking on me or, or going through that trauma from other people to me, I was experiencing my own myself like towards myself um so they decided it would be best for i started recovering it's probably eighth and ninth grade that was the worst and i was about to be hospitalized but um i did start recovery which was awesome but i ended up eating they decided it would be best for me not to be alone and to send me back to school um but as i was recovering i I didn't really have as much professional help as I wish I would have had. So I ended up going from being extremely underweight to gaining a lot of weight really fast and being very uncomfortable in my own skin and then being sent from a school of one to school of how many. And um, people were not, they don't know. No one knows. Kids don't know what you're going through. So they were actually quite cruel. And I was made fun of a lot about my weight, about being overweight. And they had no idea that I was at death's door like a year ago for the opposite reason. Yeah. And that that is one of the reasons I must say why I don't, I'm again, I, I kind of mentioned in a text message to you, uh, I'm somewhat socially conversationally awkward yeah. if I don't, if I'm not prepared. <laughs> but the reason why I said yes was because you were one of the few people that were kind to me 
And I will never forget that was one class that I didn't mind going to because I knew I could sit next to you and you weren't going to say anything. You were going to be nice to me. So thank I'm telling you 21 years later, thank you for you. You don't, you you would have never known. That makes my heart super happy. Um, and I mean, I always got like a genuine, nice person vibe from you. So like, I don't know why I would, (laughs) Uh, yeah, I know people can be cruel, and like when I look at yeah. old, I uh, you know I walked around with a fucking video camera for two years in high school, um, and so when I look at like old tapes, there's parts of me where I'm like, ooh, like, uh, <laughs> but I, I like to think I wasn't a terrible person, and I, right. I like hearing that because that makes me feel like maybe I wasn't a terrible person. You were but... at least. I mean, I just rem- I remember that so vividly. Not everyone is cruel, but. You know, as a 10th grader, as yeah. a teenage man, it feels like the whole world is being cruel. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> to have some, a few select people that you knew that it was okay, you know, they're safe for that hour was meant a lot to me. Well, so, that, thank you. that is just yeah. the nicest thing that anyone's ever said to Aww. me. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> um, well, thank you. And and thanks for sharing that. And it's crazy, too. Um, I, have a, I have a therapist on the podcast once a month. And she specializes in eating disorders and, um, I've talked about it on here and I've had multiple guests that have struggled with that, uh, when they were younger and and in their twenties. And it's just, uh, it's something I always love hearing about, not in like a, Ooh, yes, juicy. Uh, (laughs) But like, I think it just needs to be pointed out more, uh, talked about more, especially in a society where like the thinner you are, the more rewarded you are, even though there could be an underlying issue. And I'm not saying that there always is obviously, but um, I don't think it's bad to ask those questions, you know? So I I appreciate you sharing that. That's awesome. Um, And did, so how did that, I, like you said, you went into this high school. It sounds like at a terrible turning point for you, like (laughs) mentally. And um, I mean, what does the fallout from that look like those two years that you're, because you said, 10th and 11th grade did you leave and then graduate like get a GED or no I actually my dad we ended up my finding out that my dad had cancer when I was 16 um yeah no he was he was my hero through even that whole experience and um we had asked there wasn't going to be very much leniency with me being with him I'm missing school at Clarkston yeah and um they also weren't recognizing my ninth grade homeschool year as well. So there was a couple different factors. They said they wanted me to stay another year. I'm like, oh, heck no, I'm not staying here. <laughs> Peace out. So um, we ended up going to a small school, Springfield Christian Academy, which is really okay. very close to there. And my graduating class was a class of 12, I believe. That's like more um, your style. There. <laughs> a little Keep bit at small. the time. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. And it was very small and they would let me go to my dad's you know chemo appointments so I got to spend a lot of days with him through the lot of his final days so um, that meant a lot to me so it ended up working out as perfect as it could be you know so there's not too much I mean I don't look at 10th and 11th grade if we're talking about trauma is the best time in my life but um you know looking back at it it's just you grow, you survive, you have memories. You can, I now as a, I'm not a teacher, but I dance with a lot of students. So if they ever have any, I'm able to talk to them about that stuff. Yeah, for you sure. know, I'm like, this is seriously a blink in the moment of your time. Like there's bigger, better things than yeah. this. So hang on there, hang on. You'll be okay. You know, yeah. just 
being in there. So it were, helped. Were you able to make some friendships in those two years uh, at that gigantic school? And <laughs> <laughs> I would say, in all honesty, no. But, <laughs> but, I mean, I was very, again, quiet and shy. I didn't talk to barely anybody yeah. unless I saw a reflection of kindness or openness at that yeah. time. So I didn't give. So how if I don't give, how can I expect to receive? So I don't blame anybody for that yeah. by any means. But some of my friends, um, like Katrina, it's like Japan now, it used to be Gomez. We, yeah, used yeah. To, we grew up together, like friends since we were two. So um, I got to see some familiar faces, but I didn't really meet and I didn't continue any <laughs> yeah. friendships. I got gotcha. yeah. uh, Did So was the, the cancer is what eventually took your father's life? Yes, okay. yes. How long did he battle that for? Oh, so he, it was about a year and a half. And what was incredible, incredible about him is like I said, he was basically my hero. He taught me, uh, I'm going to say it's true because he proved it to me that you can pick the day that you die because oh. he, um, they told him he had three months to live. They yeah. found that he had lung, liver and bone cancer. Jeez. Yeah. And it was stage four and they're like, yeah. sorry about Sorry, buddy, this is it. Unless you do chemo, we might extend it a few more months. Mm. And I was in 12th, just started 12th grade. And he's like, oh, no, I'm going to do chemo and I'm going to make it to my daughter's graduation. And they said, okay. They're like, it's not going to happen, but mm. okay. And he did. He made it to my graduation. It was actually, um, he grabbed his little oxygen tank and pulled it along. And so he's like, okay, well, I'm going to pick my next goal, which was his birthday which was August 14th, and he actually passed away August 15th. Oh, wow. So he made it, he, he was stubborn like me, <laughs> <laughs> so he made it to, he made it to his goals. So well, that's, I mean, just the little that you've told me about him, that's like, you survived a lot if you've done yeah. Vietnam, and then you've done, yeah. uh, <laughs> And then yeah. you, you, you get an aneurysm, and then you, uh, right? and then you get stage four <laughs> cancer, and like, three of the like four most vital organs in your body right yeah that's uh that is impressive I'm, I'm glad you got to have that time and it sounds like you really appreciated too. it too so that's that's yeah awesome. i yeah, know at that age some of that stuff can like you know uh you don't you can look back on it and be like oh i wish i kind of gave that more thought or care than i did yeah. so that's that's really cool yeah um, so you can look back on it in a positive light it seems absolutely um, yeah so what what happens after school? Because like I, I mentioned in the beginning, like I saw you at Clarkston Medical. Did you did you decide to go into like a nursing program? What did uh, I mean? What happened after after high school after graduate? Well, after high school, it was just being lost. To be honest. <laughs> so, Welcome to the club, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> I went to college after high school because I was told that was the right thing to do. So I went to, <laughs> I went to OU and spent five years there, having no idea what I wanted to be. So I decided to get a bachelor's in sociology, oh. and um, which it, I love sociology, yeah. but the only thing I could think of was social work. And the very last semester, my professor, who I still love to this day, um, she told me, don't do it. Don't do that. It will change you. You'll see things that you never want to see. I'm a sensitive person. Not for me. So I'm like, okay, now I have this degree. What do I do? So I went and worked at Marshall's <laughs> department store. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I ended up getting a job at CMG as a file technician. 
Okay. Which is basically getting paper cuts on your fingers all day, sticking papers in folders. And I kind of worked up my, a little bit, the staff's receptionist and then um, a medical coder and biller there. And that's when I found what I love to do, which is um, medical coding. So, okay. um, yeah, so I went back to school again. I'm, a for, I'm still in school. I'm a forever lifelong student. Uh, same. We can talk <laughs> about that for a minute. Right? I, have, I have an algebra exam tomorrow. Um, Do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's fun. What, I wonder what, what do you like about that? Is there like a, a numbers database OCD about it? That yeah. you... <laughs> oh my gosh. Type A personality spreadsheet or checklist yeah. all like insanely type A. <laughs> so everything has a path. <laughs> if there's gray, we can figure it out together. It's this so much it's completely my thing so i wonder that's so uh, interesting because so i think of like i like i said i'm, I'm doing this algebra class and i i've yeah. developed this theory over the last like three years uh or three years <laughs> three months um yeah so long story short i i've been going to occ for like literally a decade i have yeah. three associates degrees um gotcha. and because there was never like anything that I want to like go get a degree for. Um, right. Like I didn't like a job is never something I like cared about more than like, you know, I need to have a job and I need to, I would prefer these hours and I would like to like make X amount of money. <laughs> right. um, and then through this podcast and getting sober and my own yeah. journey through therapy, I decided like I want to be a therapist. And yeah. so I'm at the end of the year, I'll be at OU and then a, That's awesome. the end of next year i'll be starting my master's program for counseling um wow congrats thanks. That's awesome. but gotcha. so it's, it's funny to me where i'm going with this is i look at dance as kind of like a creative expression right mm -hmm. uh so i wonder where that balance is with your type a numbers 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 and then yeah. this uh ability to kind of let your body do what it's gonna do to to let out whatever you're working with sure sure yeah no that's a really great question so one thing i love about ballet which is that it is very structured yeah and it's very <laughs> organized and it's very much still that type a like if i thought you do, that's my, either, that might be where you're going yeah <laughs> yeah and but it's fun about it is that i still um even though it's all this structure you can still i do still have a little bit of a creative side that I like to pull out and I can put the structure, I can layer the creative side on top of it. So right. everyone can do a plie, everyone can do a tendu, but it's like, what emotion do you put behind it? What type of energy or effort do you put behind it? So it kind of is a nice balance of both sides of the brain, the yeah. creative, but yet the super structured that I'm obsessed with. Yeah, like do so, it exactly like this, but make it your own. Somehow. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So yeah, and it's hard to fit everything. Like that's one thing I love about dance too. It is my emotional release. If I didn't take... I, my, I'm like a scheduler, like everything is scheduled. So, and I make sure that no matter how crazy work is or how encompassing and obsessed I am with these projects, I have to have that little part for my dance or I'm not going to do the other part well at all. I'm going to be burnt out. I'm going to be drained. I'm going to feel, I'm going to start hating it. Right. So yeah. I make sure I still fit that little, that, that dance time because it's where I can just, leave everything at the door and I can pick it up when I'm done, you know? Yeah. So was yeah. there ever a point in your life where you like took a break from dance at all or no? 
Um, mainly if I, it was just if I was injured. Okay. There's been moments. There's there was a time when it was a couple years ago, where because I'm old for a dancer. <laughs> This girl is old. We usually don't dance past 30. That's just what yeah. happens. If you're not, even if it's your career, you usually don't dance past. Well, yeah, after 30, you develop a British accent and you only yeah. instruct. Is that is <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Pretty much. And I, I bless the teachers because I am not a teacher. Um, I just, that is just not my thing. Because if I share something, I want it done. And some kids are at the studio. I love every single child. Every single one. But some of them don't want to be there. Yeah. Some of them are there because their parents want them there. Yeah. So to teach is kind of a challenge, you know? But um, but I'm trying to remember where I was going with that. I had a purpose. I had a point. When you stopped a couple of years oh, ago. Yeah. So I've always been continuous. I've, I've never really stopped. There was a point. Yes, this was where we were. Where I was trying to decide. Um, there was a point where I really did think that I was too old to dance. And then it was probably around making dating myself like I was around 32 years old. And I'm watching all these ballerinas that I've admired and um, idolized growing up retiring. And yeah. I was like, what am I doing here? But then I went through a really big crisis of like, if I don't have dance, who am I? I was just a dancer. And now I'm nothing. So I had to switch my mentality more so that like, this is not my career. This is I do this because I love it. And I do this for me. And for me only. And when I switched that, I think I actually improved because it took off a lot of a pressure that I had to prove something to a room of kids or, <laughs> or prove yeah. something on stage, you know? So, so, but I never really stopped. I've just progressed. Hi, guys. I just wanted to hop in here and say, if you are enjoying the episode, please share this with somebody. If, if each of you share this with one other person, that would help out the show immensely. You know, listenership is is kind of how we gauge our success, that and interactions and feedback. So anything you can do in that realm is greatly appreciated. That's all I got. Back with the interview. I like the idea of that your like most challenging audience is is you. <laughs> um, and when kinda it's it's a nice thing to take that weight off your shoulders. Like I, I'm writing a book right now and yeah. it took forever for me to like get started. Cause I, I don't know. I actually like still can't pinpoint exactly why. Um, but I was talking to my friend who just published a memoir of her own hmm. and she's like, well, who are you writing it for? And I was, and I was like, well, shit, I never thought about that. <laughs> right. And then I was like, she's like, well, I like, are you just writing it for yourself? I was like, that's an option. Because <laughs> <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, well, I got to think of like publishers and like what people will think when they read it. And so true. So yeah. I was like, okay, I'll just do it for myself. And that was like a week and a half ago. And I have already written 14 chapters and like 35,000 words. Awesome. <laughs> so just like That's once cool. I got rid of that, it just pff, all poured yeah. out um, super easy. So yeah, it's it's nice. It's a nice release to give yourself the permission to like just do what do it for yourself, regardless of what it is. It um, is, and that's, for that's sure. yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm curious. I don't. I don't know. Obviously, what you don't want to get into, but yeah. <laughs> when do you? So so you've been married and divorced. Yes. When do you get married? I believe I was 25 and it was mainly 
because it was on my timeline of things to do and when we're going to do them. <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah. What's yeah. that? Uh, do you still live your life by a timeline in that way? <laughs> I've really learned to try to stop. Like, I've really, really tried. Yeah. So, because sometimes you make decisions that maybe you would have thought differently if you didn't have something, a, a clicking talk, a, a ticking clock in the yeah. background, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So it was very short-lived um, in Spectrum. We were married for, I want to say, two and a half years. Oh, okay. So, and there was a lot of um, drama <laughs> that was unneeded. I mean, I was very, I had never lived on my own. Okay. I had been in a previous relationship that was off and on, and we're still really great friends, but we were not meant for each other and try yeah. to fit each other, um, which led into this next relationship. So I was very naive. I was inexperienced. I was somewhat immature in the relationship spectrum. So I didn't know what I wanted and what to, what to expect. Yeah. And I really feel like before those decisions are made, you kind of need to know what you want or what you expect in order to find that. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So we tried to make, we we're trying to fit, you know, shapes that just didn't fit together and so it lasted two and a half years and um i think he's in california now doing something <laughs> but um yeah it was it was very interesting there was a lot of it was just the end was as most divorces are not it was not very pretty and it didn't need to be that way we had no there's no no children yeah. no home it didn't need to be like that so just got stretched out unnecessarily or very much so. I think my um, mediator said it was the longest divorce process for the shortest amount of assets she had ever seen in her entire life. Like, do you get a certificate so, for that? or that just... I get a first place gold star somewhere because yeah. it was a mess. <laughs> so. so that you said that was the first time you moved, like, been on your own? Yeah. Um, what, what does that look like, like, throughout school and stuff? Are you living at home and then living at the boyfriend's place? Or what it... I lived at home the entire time, oh, okay. which was also another incentive to get out to. If you're <laughs> under your parents' house, you're under their rules. And at 25, having a like 12 o'clock curfew is ridiculous. To yeah. Me, so. um, but yeah, so I didn't move in with him. And so we got married. Okay. Um, was that I mean, a, spent a lot personal of time value there. thing, a religion thing? No, it just didn't really. It was a bachelor pad. Okay. So I just didn't, it wasn't homey to me yeah. until I had got to put my own touch. So I'm like, I'll put my own touch on and it when I get there. So gotcha. kind of thing. So <laughs> you're what, almost 28 or 28 when you're, when you get divorced. I mean, yeah. what, what is that? What are you going through in your mind at that point? Yeah. So it was, I was found myself back at my mom's house living in her basement. I was, I had a mattress and a cat two cats and some clothes. And um, the way it worked out, we were actually doing a financial plan called Dave Ramsey. And I'm obsessed with his financial stuff, his other personal beliefs, maybe not so much, but his financial stuff. He's a brilliant, he's a genius. Okay. And um, we ended up doing this thing called like the debt snowball and you have your credit cards. Oh, and Yeah. Right? I am familiar. I, uh, yes. yeah. we, we've yeah. used that uh, to some degree. Yeah. 
It yeah, it works. really, really works. Yeah. But the moment that we paid, mine were the higher cards and bills, and his were the lower ones. Hashtag so relatable, that, Nicole. <laughs> right. So yeah. the moment that we paid off his debt, he he was gone. So I was stuck with, I think at that time, I was it was like $16,000 of debt. I had a very low-paying job living in my mom's house. So I there was one night that I was just like, okay, what do we do? Because this is this is not where I wanted to be at 28. And like, do we stand up and pick ourselves, you know, pick ourselves up and brush ourselves off and fight for this, or do we just lay here and take it? So I decided to fight. I'm like, this is, I'm going to make my own life now. And so I found a cheap apartment and I moved out. I got my first cheap car, and um, I ended up working four jobs. Um, 70 to 80 hours a week and I kept I bought nothing I had no cable I had nothing I had a, a big box TV that I got for free and that was VHS tapes and for I would say it took about two 16 months I believe um yeah 16 months that I paid off this debt and I was debt free I went and drove down to Tennessee and did the Dave Ramsey um debt free scream on the air and it was just it was incredible. Like all that work paid off, but it was, it was life changing. So now I'm in my own home. I have a small condo now, which I moved in. I bought after my apartment and I paid it off using the debt free stuff. It was a little foreclosure. So it was cheap. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah, So not having a mortgage payment is a nice thing. It's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. But it was like all choices. I know I could have decided looking back at that to, you know, it was a very painful experience. It yeah. was a horrible thing to spot to be. And it's single woman. We can do it. Like literally it's yeah. a lot of hard work and kids add even more to it. And I don't have any kids. So I know there's a part I don't understand, but, um, we can do it. You yeah. don't need you know, No offense to guys out there. We don't need guys to, to, <laughs> You're good. to take work. We're good. So, you know, Oh, I can say comfortably, I need women. Like, I don't think, I don't think I would have accomplished half the shit I have uh, uh, without my wife. Um, you know, like, I love that. That's sweet. Yeah, you know, she's the one. But that's, I love it. A totally so too. You know, you yeah. choose each other. Well, you know? and, and I think you gotta give yourself. I mean, it sounds like you're giving yourself credit, which is good because a lot of people can't. <laughs> but like, the give yourself credit for the discipline involved to not only make those choices, like. I spent a lot of my twenties being like, I don't want to be this way. But then I would like, uh, you know, go get drunk uh, or get right. high or like right. spend money on shit. I really shouldn't spend money on. And sure. so, yeah, there's, there's a level of discipline where you follow through on those choices. And I think in that, I mean, speaking as, as another f- person that's closer to 40 than 30, um, sure. I look back at my twenties and I give people in their twenties a lot of leeway. I'm like, how do you make any choice? Like, I mean, I take that back. You make a lot of choices. How do you make right. like long lasting good ones? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have the formula for that. Uh, sure. And I don't, I like have a huge miss, not misunderstanding. I just, I don't comprehend very well people that are like, yeah, I just graduated and uh, then I went to college. I graduated there. I got a job the next uh, month and I uh, got married the next year and uh, everything's sure. been great ever since then. I'm like, what What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you can see how well that turned out for me when I tried to do that, right? So well, because I, I, and for some people, like if it works, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. But for I, sure. I cannot relate to that less. <laughs> so, 
it's uh it's always fun and i that's what one of the things i love about this show too is when i talk yeah. to people that have that i uh in a very projecting sort of way i just dig i'm like but what about this but didn't sure. you feel this way but what about yeah <laughs> um, yeah and there's stuff like uh i'm sure you can relate to and levels like uh imposter syndrome and stuff like that's just like kind of universal no matter what you what goals you achieve at what age or whatever but sure uh yeah, I, I relate very much to that position. And there's something weird about 28, because that's, yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you had the divorce happen, and you were in your parents' house. But there's that's like the, the age where I was like, all right, I need to like legit get my shit together. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's because 30 is looming around the corner or I what. I never but... cared about 30. <laughs> <laughs> See, that being the numbers girls, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. So, <laughs> but I felt, yeah, it was definitely, 28 was like the year where I finally decided, okay, we got to figure this out and yeah. we got to make this a little bit better because it wasn't a good spot. So, yeah. but yeah, it was, ended up being good though in the long run, right? So, so when do you stop working for jobs? <laughs> I stopped working for jobs when I officially did my debt-free scream. I okay. cut down to two, and then they begged me with a second one, begged me to stay, just to cover. So I would go there, drive down to Detroit on the weekends at Carmona's Cancer Institute. I was doing oh, medical yeah. coding for them, and um, I helped them out for probably a year. And then by then, I was like, okay, I'm tired. I just want to, you know, do my one job with some OT yeah. included. So, yeah. That's but, yeah. Um, so branching off back to, to dance and yeah. kind of the evolution that's gone through the last 10 years, like coming back to that 28 year old work. I mean, I imagine that put a dent in how much you could do that during that period. I still took class quite frequently. <laughs> I got very little sleep, but it was again, well worth it in the long run, but it's, I maybe cut down a day or two, but to maybe like three or four days a week. But I still made sure. Again, if I didn't have that, I think I would. I think I would lose my mind. Yeah, that's like, your outlet. Your your. Yeah, therapy. that's the only thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, but and then from I still so I really technically truly, I wasn't lying. I really haven't stopped. Um, <laughs> it awesome. actually even picked up as I joined a company, a small company lo local called Ballet Edge Detroit. And um, we, it's a group of young, I would say they're in their twenties. I'm, I'm one of the senior, senior group members, <laughs> but, um, and I want to say I've been in, in there almost three, three years. I would say it's over three years now. And we travel locally, you know, throughout the Detroit area and it's supposed to we do cutting edge ballet kind of stuff. A little ballet with a twist. Is so ballet looked at like the same way pregnancy is? Like at your age, are you a geriatric ballet? Yes, <laughs> I am. I am in some, in, in some ways, yes. So, yeah. and for doing what I probably do, doing point and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I will never forget but, the day my wife came home and was like, did you know if I get pregnant right now, it's called a geriatric pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I remember it's... coming back from the gynecologist and he said, I do eventually like to have a kid one day. Yeah. Right. And he told me if you have a kid, it is high risk. And I was like, what? <laughs> well, <Excuse> fuck you. <laughs> exactly. I feel young. I feel good. What are yeah. you talking about? So, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Geriatric ballet. That's, I'm, exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna coin right. that and uh... yeah, the dances. I do dance at another studio called Christina's Adult Ballet, and um, I love this place because 
there and probably one of the younger ones too but they are d- dancers in there from in their late 70s and they are killing it they are doing such a great job for yeah so dance you don't have to stop well yeah, other than just... the chronic injuries to your like ankles and feet that i hear yeah. about um yeah. <laughs> isn't it all like long term I imagine it's got to be kind of good for the rest of your body, <laughs> like almost like a yoga situation. As you get older, like it still keeps you kind of stretched out and limber. And I would say so. I think so. I do have to be a little bit more cautious because I'm not 20. Yeah. Um, like my hip, I have a hip injury yeah. that if things start to hurt, I'm like, okay, let's not lift our leg to our ear today. Let's keep it a little low, <laughs> like and kind of moderate and monitor what my body's feeling, which is something that. It, that's somewhat new to me over the last few years. And I realized if I want to keep doing this, I have to be very conscientious of what my body's telling me and, and truly listen to it no matter what anybody else in the room is thinking yeah. or, or seeing. So I think that's helped with the, some longevity as well, the older I get. So do you have yeah. a, do you have a top three injuries that you've had from, from dance? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I did break my back like it my spine and i didn't even know it i was 15 i fell on my tailbone really hard oh, and i didn't find out until they did an x-ray and they're like you had a fracture i remember the day specifically and the step and what everyone did when i fell um so i did do that um <laughs> my hip has been really probably a year now i've done pt and i still do my own exercises but i have to be very conscious of my hip um and then my toes, my toes, not in regards to like point shoes, but just bending, a lot of bending. It's done yeah. probably a million and two rel- up and downs in its, yeah. <laughs> in its lifetime. So I That's just funny. have to be careful, but I still love it. I'll never stop. Not until they force me to. So Yeah. <laughs> well, um, bringing us like more up to date, what's the, what's the last year looked like for you as far as, uh, especially being in that medical field, like what does that look like <laughs> in general, the pandemic? It has been a very, I think for everyone in some extent, extremely emotional, but yet a growing time as well. Um, for being in the medical field, I am actually in the lead. I'm a medical coding manager. So I have a team of individuals who are spread out throughout the whole country. I have 20 people right now, and they're, they're all over the states. And we actually, some of my team members actually code for the COVID units, the swing bed units. Okay. So I got to read a lot and read a lot more than, like, actual medical documentation and people's experiences. And it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. So that was really, really hard to, it's still hard. It's still hard to see and to read. And um, being, again, in the medical field, I'm a very, and a rural and kind of regimented person as well. I'm like, they say, wear a mask. I'm wearing a mask. Why aren't you wearing a mask to the rest of the world, you know? (laughs) Or why are we not staying home? Why are we going out to parties? Why are we doing this stuff? It just makes it, my mind has been blown for the past year. So I've had to really deal with personally this past year growing to the aspect that I cannot control people and that I cannot control people's actions, even though their actions do have consequences for me, I can only do what I can do. And that's why I I don't know if you see it on my Facebook. I literally stayed home for, I was one week short of a year. I did. I think I left my house four times Wow. for a year. I, I was not joking when I had basement ballerina on my post. Like I literally stayed in my house and people are like, you're crazy. I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm doing my part. 
I'm staying here. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. So, but I feel like I grew a lot in that aspect. I, I think I got healthier um, physically. I started doing 10,000 steps a day on top of my dance. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing that since May and I think I've missed three days from, you know, being injury, like yeah. my hip hurts today. I can't really walk. And then I also do an ab workout that I started in August. Nice. I do abs every day. So it's just, but it's been very stressful and yeah. it's been hard and I'm sure it has so again for everybody. Yeah. But too. no, no need to discount your own <laughs> experience. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, I, I definitely agree. And I love to hear that it's been like a good thing for growth. Cause I, I like, I've grew. I've done more work on myself in the last year mm-hmm. than I think ever. Yeah, agreed, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. And it's it's nuts. It's just crazy. Um, yeah. And that so has has like a, any level of loneliness set in like since you've been at home, or is there? There's <laughs> probably some moments. Again, I'm a very, I am a somewhat introverted person yeah so i missed the dance studio that was that was the thing that i missed the basement was i was lucky to have an area that i could use for what i for my art but it's just not it's not the same so um but i really again i'm not a social bug so i really didn't have a hard time with that (laughs) um it's actually been a little bit more awkward now that i've been i got my vaccines both of them I got so, my first shot today. Yay! Oh my god, I'm so excited. I have pulmonary sarcoidosis, so yes. I'm like, I I need to get this. You yes. Call oh, me. That makes, Give me yes. an appointment. So yeah. hundred percent. Congrats. I, when I went my first, I went through the drive-through and got my my poke poke, and, yeah. I, and I seriously was about to cry. Yeah. Like it was just a retrospective like moment where thinking about the past year, reflective. I'm like, wow, this has been seriously the craziest year yeah. ever. Like the things we all saw and went through and people we lost and it's been really mm-hmm. crazy. So, but good for you. It's awesome. <laughs> good for you. I'm, I'm, and it's cool that you're in the area of the medical world where you can work from home and, and your team, I assume is all working from yeah. home. And so Yeah. And we were working home nice. prior as well. We've been remote for years so that didn't really have too much of an impact which was it didn't mess that up too much but yeah yeah well that's good what is there anything i skipped over that you wanted to talk about um oh wait rewind what so so you are what are you doing in school now i'm doing i'm going for my master's in health information and informatics management okay so (laughs) I'm probably, I just started again back in September. Again, forever that lifelong learner. I can never stop this. Yeah. Amen. So, yeah. So, I'm right now I'm doing an information security class, which is horrible. I'm really bad at it. It's not my cup of tea. I do I, not get this IT stuff at all. I so. went to t- a semester and a half of those classes because mm. I was like, oh, I'll get a computer engineering degree because I can do anything with that. And then I was like, I hate this. I hate this I, so <laughs> much. Like So much. Well, I don't care what IP addresses mean. I don't care at all. <laughs> as long as it works, it's all I care oh about. God. And that's what we have IT people for. Yeah. Those are the ones who care. And it's a mixed class too right now. We have health information people and IT people and their master's program so i got these people that are just like spouting off all this computer code 
I'm like, oh, mine. I have no. I told we have a group project, and I told them I need help. Yeah. I need help. I'm I'm usually the one that takes the lead and tries to get everything organized. Like I don't know where to start. Yeah. So and I did have to pick my thesis. Yes. Um, last uh, actually a couple days ago. So I ended up picking um, medical mistrust. What are the causes of mistrust towards our medical professionals? Yeah. And meaning my specifically COVID related and the mask wearing and what is the causes and how we can we figure out a way to prevent that in the future because so many lives have been lost. Is the short answer money? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm very, very interested. Is it political? Is it money? Like yeah. what, which I guess could go hand in hand maybe, yeah. but it's going to, I think it'll be interesting to see. I have an idea, but I, again, you got to take all your bias out yeah, as much yeah. as you can yeah. for a thesis. So well, I would, that's super interesting. I want to have a conversation with you when you're done with that program so we can yeah. find out. Yeah, uh, I still have a year you, left to go for the right conclusion you came 100. up with. Yeah. yeah, I definitely would share that. So that'd be cool. Awesome. But, yeah. Well, I think I'm good. Are you good? I'm good too. But again, it was crazy length of time. It was really great to see your face again. Oh, absolutely. So. I'm so excited. And you said such a nice thing and I love it. Aww, and it, it warms my heart and I'm so thankful for it. And it's little <laughs> moments like that, that I've like actively been trying to like hold on to the gratitude for that. So I appreciate that. And, and that'll, Aww. that's the, that's going to be my top three in my day. So, Aww. and I got Aww. a vaccine today. <laughs> so, <Yay>. uh, <laughs> So thank you. Thank you so much for your time and for everything you told me and, and everything. And, and I will uh, hopefully talk to you soon. My plan is yeah. once everything gets to whatever normal looks like, um, I want to, I want to get like lunch with everybody that I've yeah. interviewed because I miss in-person interviews so badly sure. Sure. <laughs> and, and I would love to like get that connection still. Cause that's half of, uh, why I started to do this is have yeah. that short time with each other. So, um, yeah, thank you awesome. so much. And I will, yeah, I'll, I'll be in contact with you and perfect. I'll tag you and say hello when I put this out. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you, Justin. It was, I felt really, I was surprised and happy that you asked me. Yay. So. Thank yeah, you. I'm, I'm happy you that. responded and, and and you were here right now. So yeah, same. <laughs> All right, but I'm gonna go awesome. eat leftovers and awesome enjoy. <laughs> you enjoy your night as yeah. well. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. All right, bye, so, Nicole. And bye. <laughs> All right, you just listened to my interview with Nicole. I love it. I I just. I enjoyed talking with her so much and uh, I, I had to cut out a bunch of stuff. Um, but what, you know, we talked about these random things that, that we have in common and where our lives have crossed. And it's just really great to, to know that this, this innocent, nice person that I knew in 10th grade is still this just genuine, good hearted, nice person, um, inside and out all these years later. So, you know, use that as inspiration. Why don't you reach out to somebody you haven't talked to in a while, shoot them a message and I'll, I'll break the ice for you. You can say, Hey, I was just listening to this podcast and it got me thinking. And I was just wondering, how are you doing? It's been like what? 21 years. How are you? Uh, there you go. There's your icebreaker. Just type it up. Let me know how that interaction goes. I'm curious. 
All right, guys, I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening and uh, interacting and sending feedback and rating and review. Uh, share the podcast with friend. We're really trying to, to go after some, some new listeners. And I think there's a lot to, uh, take away from each individual interview. And I hope you feel the same and want to share that with somebody else. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Love you.